Welcome to Antimatter Pod, a Star Trek podcast where we discuss fashion, feminism, subtext and subspace, hosted by Annika and Liz. Today we're starting the new year with a bang. Thank you, Annika. <laughs> Our totally scientific ranking of Star Trek men in bed. I told my flatmate that this is what we were talking about. And she was like, really? You? <laughs> That's right. It's, it's definitely very scientific, very evidence-based. Yeah. <laughs> Not just vibes. <laughs> So just before we get started with our random generator, I just wanted to do a very quick rundown of what we're talking about, mm-hmm. because I want to make it very clear that I am not in any way talking about like if these are good people to be in a relationship with, <laughs> or even like good people. <laughs> That's not anything that we're talking about. They are just how skilled they are at physical intimacy. Mm, mm. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but I don't think anyone is going to look at Gul Dukat and go, yes, this is a bad man, but he is great in bed. I, I don't see Ew. it myself. No. <laughs> yes, and, but, but that said, I do have very strong opinions about the people that I have strong opinions about. <laughs> There's a whole slew of people in the middle that's like, eh, whatever, mm. they're fine. But then there are the people at the top and the people at the bottom that I, I have receipts. <laughs> to give some more context, very late last year, I was quite busy right up until basically a couple of days before Christmas. And to procrastinate, I made a Canva infographic, basically ranking the Star Trek men whose existence I had remembered from top to bottom by how good they were in bed. And this was something I threw together in an hour between tasks and then Annika responded several days later with a three-part graphic and I was very <laughs> impressed. We will share this yes. on Tumblr, don't you worry, it'll be in the socials. Mm. Several people took issue with my low ranking of Chicote, so I am going to address my critics. Okay, so mm. let's get started. Liz put together a random generator listing of all of the main characters and a good handful of recurring characters yep from every series i will say i did not include anyone we got to know as children so no wesley no jake none of the prodigy kids and no gray like this is a cis men only party but purely because gray is the only trans male character we have so far and he is a child we didn't want to do that yeah let's not go into svu territory (laughs) right shall i select a name i am ready oh oh this is handy jack crusher the younger not a child (laughs) no no he is a 45 year old 20 year old I think he's a 30-something-year-old, 20-year-old. Allegedly 24, but mm-hmm. I, I don't have receipts for that. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about it way too much. So uh, this is great because I have a GIF already 
to put, <laughs> to put on the socials uh, when we get so this is a perfect to start with because I, my Ed Spillers obsession comes in handy. Yes. But he's a mid. Yeah. Partly, like, he's literally in the middle of my middle graphic. Mm. He is very much right in the middle of things with a whole other group of people. I won't mention now because they might come up, but he's he's not alone in his little, in this center area. And that is partially because he is young. Yes. And look, I'm just going to put this out there. I don't think he's had a lot of relationships. <laughs> I think he's... Uh, <laughs> had a lot of relationships in his head. I think he's yes. flirted a lot. I don't think he has a lot of actual experience. No, and any that he did was like a one and done. Yeah. And yeah. so he never got the chance to like have a have a, you know, mm. conversation about how that went or if there's anything, you know, there wasn't a relationship. There wasn't yeah. an ongoing conversation about these things. And so he's just winging it. You know, the way that uh, he does most things, which, mm. you know, it's great. Again, kid, not right. kid. Right. And frankly, I think that when he finally does have a real relationship, he was raised by his mom, who is like compassion personified. Yeah. And I think that he will respect women and will get there. Yeah, yeah. I think... He is relatively inexperienced, but has the capacity to learn. And he's currently, I don't want to say he's literally a theatre kid who lives with his mum, but I definitely get theatre kid vibes, and Beverly Crusher is the ultimate adult theatre kid. I imagine their lives as we we go down to a planet, we have to be in disguise, you know, we can't Mm. be like ourselves or tell anything about who we are, where we're from, because there's like all these sorts of people after them at all times, because they're out in the wilds and they're probably doing illegal stuff. I mean, that's basically what we saw. Yeah. So they don't have the opportunity to have ongoing long-standing friendships or relationships, but they do have the opportunity to role play all the time. Yeah. But also, I bet they spend a lot of time in the little holodeck on their ship, which I assume has a little holodeck, uh, basically putting on shows for each other. And I think that's adorable. And I think even Jack's uh, jaded pirate criminal persona is to some extent a performance. Absolutely. His entire personality is a performance. You can see the switches on and off. And I'm not just talking about like... Borg. Borg Ninja related yes. switches on and off. He is neurodivergent before he was Borg and, or because I guess, depending on how you, you decide, and definitely has masks that he wears. Mm. So as a partner, I, I do think that with, with the right person, he could learn a lot. I don't, I don't think he's inherently selfish. However one-sided his previous relationships have been, let's just say. Okay. This is, I'm not, am I going to go into my opinions about that one? Okay, okay. I this have is... ridiculous opinions. <laughs> I'm going to roll the dice again. Oh no. Rom? Sorry. I think Rom makes Lita very happy, and that's all that matters. 
Yeah. I think uh, Rom suffers from a lack of confidence mm-hmm. for a long time. And that can get in the way. I'm, I'm sure he was second guessing things mm-hmm. often. Mm. But Lita is a really good partner for him because she's very free and open. Yes. And so, you know, she can encourage him to like, it's, it's okay, let's, yeah. let's yeah. move on. And so I think that their relationship is definitely not based on sex. <laughs> <laughs> but he's fine. Yeah. He's better than Quark. Funnily enough, I just rolled again and got Quark and... He's in tier three. He's in the bad place. I don't want to think about Quark in bed because I think about his teeth. And I don't want his teeth anywhere near flesh. So I'm just going to roll again. Oh, here is a good one. Shax. Shax! He's delightful. We know that Ta'ana is very happy in their relationship. But I also think Shax is the only man I will ship with Major Kira. Or Colonel Kira. Yeah. Well, so, look, Shax is a teddy bear Mm. dressed up as an action man. Yeah. And I think that he is at the bottom of my top tier. I think that he is not the best, but I think that he uh, is very giving. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that he is very invested in give and take and open communication and bringing people to their best. He's very emotionally aware, both of himself and of everyone around him. Exactly. Yeah. I think that he is a good lover. Yes. And Ta'ana is lucky. Yes. Also, from what I know about cat anatomy, he is a brave man. <laughs> Let's just not think about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I say, I think we're still in the top tier. Tuvok. Tuvok! My beloved! Alright, so first of all, Mm. Vulcans. Yeah. They're touch telepaths. Yeah, yeah. There are certain things inherent in that. There are certain things inherent in that, and it's called being good at physical intimacy. But also, Tuvok is really old. He's had a lot of practice. Like, He's been married for most of that time. I know we're told, or it's heavily implied, that his marriage is strictly monogamous. He doesn't even want to hook up with a hologram of his wife. But, Mm. you know, you learn a few things. Yeah, absolutely. He... He's... He's wise in the ways Mm. of physical intimacy. He would also be appalled that we are having this discussion. I know. That only adds to the appeal. (laughs) <laughs> right? Yeah, so Tuvok, mm. I think, is a wonderful husband and would be a wonderful lover. Absolutely. Oh, oh, Jean-Luc Picard. Okay, so this, I think, is a, maybe a little controversial mm-hmm. because he's in my tier one, he's in the top tier, but don't marry Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> <laughs> don't have a long-term relationship mm. with Jean-Luc Picard. He is difficult Mm. as a person. Mm. He's awful at communicating outside of sex. Yeah. But he is committed to romance. Yes. He is very much a physical being. 
that's one of those things that people forget. People are mm. like, no, you know, Kirk is the physical being and Picard is all intellectual. No, wrong. Those people are wrong. Mm. Mm. Picard is extremely physical. He prefers being down and dirty, like, yeah. you know, rough and tumble type guy. And that is very sexy. Yeah. Definitely for a certain segment of the population is extremely attractive. And also, he's just had a lot, he also, also old, <laughs> and also had a lot of experience because he's terrible at relationships. So he just has a lot of variety. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at the people he's dated, there's also variety in that. So he's had lots of different types of women who probably have different needs, and they all seem to be satisfied. <laughs> Right. None of his exes particularly seem to hate him. Like, the closest we come is Philip Lavoie calling him an ass, which is 100% true. And, and yes, they were together when he was younger. Yes. And also, like, traumatized. Mm. <laughs> I can't base anything about him and his relationships on that particular relationship. No, but now I do wonder if Philip Lavoie ever socialised with Beverly Crusher. As like, you know, with Jack and Jean-Luc and like, this could be a freak. I'm into it. Yeah. I put, the, put a pin in that. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. And also, there has to be a reason that Beverly came back five times. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's patently awful. Yes. At being a boyfriend. <laughs> yes. Great lover, terrible partner. Exactly. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think I would definitely hypothetically hook up with him in the era when he's the captain of the Enterprise. But yeah, long term, not touching that with a 10-foot pole. And also, I do not want him to have any of these conversations with Jack. Oh, no, Can we no, please no. keep Jack safe from his father? <laughs> it upsets me that they already had a conversation about sex. It just bothers me. No. They can talk about other stuff. Yeah. Please. Jack should get his advice from Will Riker. Except, yes, please! Except about being present in the when your wife has a, a newborn because you also have a newborn and should be around for that. Well, but Beverly would, would not stand for any of that, no, so that's, no. that, that's fine. That's true. That's very true. I trust that's being taken care of. <laughs> okay, the Doctor. The holographic Doctor. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, so no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm into season six of my Voyager rewatch, and it really strikes me that the Doctor is extremely autistic, but he's the guy where he commits some sort of faux pas and really upsets people, and everyone goes, oh no, that's okay, he's autistic. And meanwhile, Seven is out here having to be a proper human being. Right? So, the episode, I don't remember which exact episode it is but the end of it is the doctor like breaking down and he falls to his knees in front of seven and confesses his love and Janeway and seven sort of roll their eyes mm. over his head mm. because he's ridiculous that's what he thinks being a a good yeah really yeah. like no he would download a program yes he would know how to do things but he would just be a glorified vibrator. I mean, it's worse because he would... That you're not in charge of. Like, yeah. 
he strikes me as someone who would be very impersonal as a lover, but also you would have to do so much emotional management of him. Like, right, he's, exactly. He's That's just like, hard work. He's just, he's hugely hard work. That's what I'm saying. And like, I, I wish I knew the episode because it's stuck in my brain as like, mm. this is why I can't ship the Doctor in Seven ever. It's because that episode broke me because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I can't handle it. Yep. Let me break you some more. Jonathan Archer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not rational mm. about Jonathan Archer. Yeah. But he's terrible <laughs> at most things. Mm. So I'm pretty sure he would also be terrible at this. Not the worst. Yeah. But not the best. I think anyone with the right partner can be good, but some people have fewer right partners than others. And that's okay. I think that There's someone for everyone, but... Jonathan Archer, he has the potential mm. to be a good partner. Mm. He's not, like, default good partner, like Tuvok. <laughs> but with the right person, if he was in the right, like, frame of mind to put in the effort. Yeah, yeah. You know, he loves his dog, you know? If you're a dog girl... Yes. Then then you can even have this in common, and it would be sweet and cute. Like, mm. you know, he's a, he's a good, like, eighth-grade boyfriend where you go to the malt shop or whatever. Question, were you in eighth-grade in the 1950s? <laughs> No, I was in our town in the eighth grade. <laughs> but we don't have cultural touchstones for that anymore. What, like go to the mall, I guess? That's yeah. not a thing anymore either. Kids so don't do that. They like date on TikTok. I guess. I have the impression that kids like Skype each other or FaceTime. But yes. they don't they don't get to but, go out, they don't get free time, they don't get unsupervised but, time. Yeah, it's not even FaceTime or Skype, it's like, or Zoom or anything mm. that's like for this. It's like face, the, the FaceTime part of Instagram. Like, oh. like messaging in Instagram, but with your face. <laughs> like video, you know, weird stuff like that. That is literally the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, but I'm a parent of a 18-year-old, so I know yeah. these things. Yeah. Um <laughs> I feel so bad for kids today, just like oh, I yeah, feel bad awful. for Erica Hernandez, who <laughs> hooks up with Jonathan Archer while he's traumatized and they're camping. And they're, I was going to say, and outdoors. Yeah. That can't have been a fun weekend. Like, it was a fun weekend. I think that, you know, again, they actually seem to have a good relationship. It's yeah. like, they're cute. Yeah. They're sweet. They could make it if they, if they got season five or whatever <laughs> but they're not like that outdoors while sad and dealing with stuff mm. and also just a particularly dusty sort of outdoorsy setting like there's places to have camping sex and rock climbing <laughs> is not one of them no in my opinion hey Cristobal Rios Aw, Rios. Mm. Okay. So, I think... Mm. I, I put him I put him kind of low on tier two. I, I put him as a low mid. And this is my thinking. Mm. He's sad. 
Oh, he is one hundred percent a crier. So sad. <laughs> the entire every every time we see him, he is emo Rios. <laughs> we see him even in a relationship that he decides to literally give up his entire life for. Um, and live in, like, the bad timeline on purpose. Mm. And so you think, like, wow, he's fully committed. But, like, I think it's partly he thinks that's where he belongs. Mm. He so, has these weird hang-ups about but, the future. There's an element of self-punishment. Yeah. Yeah. And does he, like, die in a bar fight or something? Something like, like that, yeah. People who are fathers mm -hmm. and in charge of making sure that medical care gets to people who are like going through a literal apocalypse and then die in bar fights are just they, they're not present they're not communicators yeah yeah we know that he and agnes were together for a while i'm sure he's good in bed but in that impersonal way where you could be anyone. yeah it, it's a it's a he goes through the emotions and he's good at, got a great body, mm. Mm. totally, like, find that super attractive. I just don't think that he's emotionally mm. You might as well hook up it. with one or more of his holograms. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm sure that fic is out there. <laughs> uh, Odo. I don't know. He's actually below the doctor on my list. <laughs> I'm is, sorry. No, I'm no. sorry. Like, for, for many, many years, he has no interest in sex. I don't want to claim him as an asexual role model because he's the worst. He's, like, proof that you can be asexual and still a fascist. But, like, if nothing else, his any of his romance arcs, whether it's with Kira or the founder... They just seem really obligatory. It's compet in the worst way. I hate all his romance arcs. He was not socialized to be sexual, mm. ever. Like, mm. he just wasn't. He fell in love, I guess, with Kira and tried to be what he was supposed to be. Yeah. And I don't think he was good at it. <laughs> I also think that Kira hasn't had a good lover yet. But And that's why me. Shax is the only man for her. <laughs> that's right. The problem is that he has too much personality. And just like on a practical level, yeah, yeah. Odo is literally goo. I know, I know. It feels disgusting to me. And also, when he is solid, and I, I have this recollection that his relationship with Kira begins when he's forced to be a solid. Like, dude, you've had a body for, like, months. How much do you know about what pleases you? Like, are you really ready to be with another person? Please spend some time getting to know yourself first. The whole thing is no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry, Odo. Speaking of no. no, Gary Mitchell. Why did I oh, even God. put him in this list? <laughs> I okay. Well, uh, Gary Mitchell is an absolutely not. Um, and the problem with Gary Mitchell is that he is the most selfish person in the history mm -hmm. of Star Trek. Yep. And he does not care about your pleasure at all. No. He thinks he's doing great. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I have like a group of people who like think they're really, really good at this and never ask because they just know. They know. They know that you are so satisfied yeah. and you are yeah. so happy. Yeah. And Gary Mitchell is definitely on that list. He 100% has a mirror set up so he can watch himself fuck. Even in that book that we read, <laughs> he was the worst. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm just moving on from that. Oh, Travis Mayweather. Aww. I, you know... It's hard to say because he has so Mayweather. little screen time. Exactly. We know nothing about Travis. <laughs> what do we know about Travis? Um, uh, we know he's got a big family and he's relatively close to them. And he seems like a really nice guy. And He seems like a really nice guy. Really handsome. Pretty, very pretty. Yeah. A pretty, yeah. pretty man. Yeah. Um, I have him in the middle yeah. with Jeff yeah. Crusher and Rom. Yeah. <laughs> for different re for all three different reasons. But they're right there in that middle section of Okay. No, I think like Brad Boimler and Harry Kim and all the other ensigns, he has a lot of potential and just needs the right person or people. Can I just say you literally just named my entire middle section? <laughs> my middle of the middles? I'm sorry. Jack, Travis, Harry, Rom, and Brad. <laughs> and most of them are ensigns, and you don't get to become a lieutenant until you've learned to please a partner. Which That's is right. really discriminatory against asexual Starfleet officers, and I'm really mad about this headcanon that I've just made up. There's one more person in that group, and oh no, we'll see if we get to him, but there's one person that we haven't gotten to. Is it Christopher Pike? It is not Christopher Pike. Oh, now I'm excited and intrigued. Oh, oh, here is one for you, Narek. Okay, Narek is literally number three on my list. <laughs> Narek, Narek is who I was talking about when I did my disclaimer at the beginning. Mm. Not a good person, oh, no. not a good boyfriend. No. 100% super good in bed. I mean, he has to be, right? Because he's the honey trap. Exactly. He took classes. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. He took actual, literal classes, possibly taught by his sister, but, you know, whatever. Sorry, that was for me and no, no one else. I... But he is fully learned about this mm -hmm. and about multiple species. Yes. About multiple types of women and what they want like mm -hmm. i'm going to go further than that i'm going to say he has had classes in every gender yeah yes absolutely he's definitely had classes in in like all the way through to non-binary mm. he can do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> Derek is the best at sex there's only two people in all of Star Trek who are better than <laughs> Eric, and it's the emotional connections. And honestly, like, you know, he's sad too, mm -hmm. and, and has a lot of baggage, like super baggage, but it is literally his job yeah, to yeah. put that in a box and not let you see it. Right. Some <laughs> of these men are going to cry after sex. He is not. He is not going to show That's you right. a single genuine emotion. And that's nope. obviously bad, but you're going to have such a good time that you're not going to notice until way afterwards. So, like, I want yeah, Narek. I don't even want the two people who love him. I want Narek. No. That's like, Narek is my perfect man. But, but he says a lot about me. 
He Narika's uh, bang once, never speak to again guy. That's that's the way oh, yeah, to do absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Or, you know, that kind of relationship where you see each other every seven months. Mm, and yeah. you don't talk about it. You don't go to the malt shop. You don't get coffee. Mm, you mm. have, like, I need you. Mm. <laughs> Fulfill me. And, uh, and then you accidentally betray the Federation. Yeah, yeah. He is a booty call boyfriend and nothing more. Exactly. Uh, Garrick. Okay, so Garrick, another spy, yeah. has had lessons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the real challenge is getting sincere emotions out of him. And I don't know that anyone but Julian Bashir and... What's her face? Ducat's daughter, the one. Tora Zial. Zial. Yeah. Zial. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think she did because I don't believe in that relationship. <laughs> I think he sincerely cared about her. I just don't think he was sincerely attracted to her. Mm. I, I feel like, given a choice in the matter, Garrick would be gay, but if you're a spy, you don't get to have an you orientation. Don't get to choose. Yeah. That's yeah. right. He's high up there. I just, um, I think that he's a Cardassian. And mm. again, the Cardassians kind of suck. They're the worst. They're very masculine, toxic, masculinity, patriarchal type society. Mm. But Garrick is very specifically not good at being a Cardassian. Yeah. So I think that he actually, like, he would take his lessons mm. and then he would even move past them and try to emotionally connect. Like, I think that there is a part of Garrick that wants more. Mm, yeah. And maybe even thinks he can only get it through physicality. Absolutely. I think Garrick would be fun to go to bed with, particularly if he was actually attracted to you, which I don't think mm. is the case for you and I. Mm -hmm. But nope. <laughs> I think a relationship with Garrick would be really, really challenging. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I d and and I wouldn't even want to have the like booty call relationship. No, like, he's not. He's not my type. It's, it's like no, <laughs> Garrick. No. Yeah. But I think that he is good at it. Absolutely. How about Saru? Saru strikes me as someone who doesn't really know anything. <laughs> like, he seems very young. Very young, even though he's probably not. We know he's been in the Federation for about 15 or just over 15 years by season two of Discovery. But I, but I don't think he's had a lot of relationships no, in that time. No, He really seems like the type of person who is like, I left my planet behind, and mm. when I left my planet behind, I also left the concept of having a romance behind. And now he has Tarina, who, you yeah. know, is really what he needs. But I think with anyone, Saru has the self-awareness to do research and the self-confidence to ask if he's doing a good job. Like, yeah, I find his hands very distressing, so I'm not going near him. Okay. But so, I think... Mm. Remember the episode where he's like, Lorca is gone and so he's in charge and he yes. Googles like good Starkly captain. He is 100% going to Google how to have He's sex with Exactly. Species. And he will literally, like, how to have sex with a Vulcan. What do Vulcan women want? He will absolutely do research, probably for, like, weeks. Yes, yes. To make sure that he is, that it seems spontaneous. <laughs> and that is worth something. 
I just think he's super, super inexperienced mm. and doesn't even, like, he's another one who probably hasn't super explored his own body that much. I'm going to go with that too. I, I think... just really think that he, he just decided that he had to be celibate after he left his planet. Mm. You know, which is not true, but, like, he got it in his mind. Also, he focused very hard on fitting into the Federation. He learned 96 languages, he joined mm -hmm. Starfleet, he has been competing with Michael for a long time. He's got a lot going on. He doesn't need to, you know, waste time on... Not... Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, think, I think Saru would be good in bed because he is so honest. And so cool. he, he doesn't have empathy superpowers, but he is naturally very empathetic. Mm. Oh, Benjamin Sisko. I think he's good. I would say good. I would say good, but I also think that he only goes to bed with people he's very serious about and whom he's, yeah. whom he's gotten to know very well. So, like, we're not going to find out for ourselves because we don't get to know him. You know, he's not going to let us in that much. He's a wife guy. Oh, he is such a wife guy. He's fully a wife guy. Yeah. And so, for his wife, mm. he'd be great. Mm. Mm. Anyone else, no. No. Casual sex, no. No. Like, he might do it, but he wouldn't. Like, I remember he has, like... Put a, anything into it. I remember he has a one-off romance at some point, but I don't think he actually consummates it. Mm. So, Yeah. I, I think I think he only goes to bed with people he's very, very serious about. And I yeah. love that for him. I think he finds his partners and he makes them very happy. Yeah. Yeah. And at the opposite end of the scale, sort of, we have Jack Ransom. Oh, Jack Ransom. <laughs> Look, Jack Ransom is a mid, but he's a top mid. He's a high mid. Mm, mm. He's not he as good is... at sex as he thinks. But he's not exactly, hmm. exactly. That's a perfect encapsulation of Jack Ransom. He thinks he's better. Mm. I mean, and I think that's true about like all of Jack Ransom. He thinks he's yeah. better than he is. Yeah, but he's not bad. He's beyond passable, you know. Mm. And like you know, honestly, I think he would be fun. Oh yeah, he's like a magic mic. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's just like. He's got a good body. He'd be into it. He would want to make you happy. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, I think he is not as good as he thinks, but he takes feedback. Yeah. And he'll try. Yeah. He'll try anything once. He's not going to ask for feedback, but he absolutely will like go along with what you're into. Yeah, yeah. Because it would probably be fun for him. He's like a you know Riker light. Yes. I, I, like, I don't think he's as good at sex as Riker, but he is absolutely not someone you would think of as bad. And also, right, right. he's definitely sleep, secretly sleeping with Mariner, and I think she has standards. Exactly. I think, like, they're another one where it's like, we just, you know, sometimes you need a physical outlet. And, and they're really good for each other in that way. Yeah. And that's all they want and all they need. And, and it's great. Yeah. And again, all for it. I'm into it. Another booty call, but not in a toxic way like Narek. Right. Exactly. <laughs> There's none of that, oops, you're yeah. a Federation enemy and are, are tricking me into doing bad things. No. 
Ransom will never trick you into anything because he's not that complicated. Mm-mm, he's not complicated at all. <laughs> Hugh Culber. So see, Hugh Culber is literally the top of my mids. He is mm. not quite in the top, mm. but he is the top of the not quite in the top. Yeah. He comes across at like, and, and honestly, you know, I'll just, we're not talking about Sam, it's, but Samus is right next to him. They I both actually, come across yeah. as very competent, I guess is the word, <laughs> but nothing special. It doesn't push them over beyond good. They're just really good. And they're good together. I struggle with both of them because I can't imagine them with anyone else. But I feel like yeah. Paul has a tendency to be a bit selfish and mechanical. He's like, I'm a scientist, let's get this over with, I have science to do. And Hugh mm-hmm. is the one going, slow down, let's take a moment to appreciate each other and this time we have. And yes. Yeah. They're good together, yes. and I don't really care about. Together. I don't want to think Anything about else. them separately. Like they're yeah, I don't really either. Yeah. They they were introduced together, and I don't want that to go away. I'm very, you know, me. I'm a super multi shipper, and I'm super like you can have more than one relationship. But they were basically introduced married, mm. and I'm good with it. I yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, even when Hugh was dead, I wasn't interested in seeing Paul move on from that. I right. just right. wanted Hugh back. Ah, Liam Shaw. Yeah, so he's at the bottom. He's a crier. <laughs> he is a super a crier. He has all of Rios' negatives and none of his positives. <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> so no. That's a no. Mm. And the thing is, he absolutely knows it. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't want to change. The other thing is, he's an engineer, and certainly on my list, all the engineers were at the lower end of mid. I I Mm -hmm. think Paul might be the highest ranked one, and he's more of a scientist. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe maybe I'm bigoted against engineers. I'm sure Jet Reno is amazing in bed. Balana is amazing in bed. Male engineers? No. Just say no. Liam Shaw is pretty low down on my list. It's like evil guys <laughs> under him. <laughs> like, I'm sorry to Liam Shaw because I do, like, I have this sort of weird love-hate relationship with him that mm-hmm. is more hate than love, but I do sort of see the appeal of him as a character, as an idea. He's much more of a concept than a character, in my opinion, in, in Picard season three. And I think that's actually why people love him so much oh yeah absolutely i just like he would legitimately be going you know swinging back and forth between crying and like being belligerent on purpose Mm. to like make you angry yeah about the whole situation so that he could like get out his emotional needs yeah and like fuck that (laughs) so so no no. He is definitely a guy I, who makes his emotions everyone else's problem. Exactly. I have this weird sort of like, he could be reformed, but, but it would take like a Beverly. It would take someone who is fully willing to subsume their entire identity into the relationship in order to have it. 
and teach him. Hmm. And obviously, I don't want that for Beverly. And, and, and I don't know who it, else. It makes it really, gonna... really grim that there's so much Shaw 7 fic. That doesn't, it does not compute. No. It fully does not compute. I don't think that he would be into it, and I she definitely wouldn't be into it. No, no. And you talk about subsuming your identity, and he literally disregards her identity. Yeah, and exactly, hates, exactly. And hates her for it. Like, guys, come on. Uh, so we're coming up on an hour, and so I'm going to pull one name out of the hat, and then I think we should move on to the people we absolutely want to discuss. And okay. the hat has given me Dr. Miglimo. No! <laughs> no! He is not on my graphic. I don't want to think about Dr. Miglimo in this context. Ew. Ew. Look. He has a beak. Yes. Look. I can't. I can't. Birds do things differently. They do. They really there do. There are eggs, like, outside yeah. eggs involved. Yeah. There's a whole cloaca situation. Ew. Ew. I am extremely anti-bird. I just think it's a regrettable fact that Miglimo is the stick man that Jack Ransom thinks he is. I don't even know if a bird would say stick man. They, they, again, no stick. He has a beak for, I guess, for other birds. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to even contemplate this. I would run away. I would I would do Liam Shaw first. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. Me too. <laughs> okay. Who is the top of your mids? The top of my mids is specifically Strange New World Spock. Oh yeah, 100%. Not TOS Spock, not AOS Spock, mm. specifically Strange New mm. World Spock is at the top of my mids. Oh, yeah. He is a little bit better than Jack and Brad and Travis and Rom mm. and Harry, but he is still in there. Oh yeah. He is young. Mm -hmm. He is not confident in the way that other Vulcans are confident. Mm. I think that he would feel things that they were feeling mm -hmm. and it would freak him out and it, oh, he would yeah. overthink it. He would overthink it. And it would take actual communication, which he is clearly not good at, right. <laughs> to overcome that. Good, yes, but has a lot of room to grow. I agree. And I think he is particularly bad at having sex with Chaprine. Even though oh, yeah. they are both telepaths and have been bonded since they were children, I think they are very bad at communicating. I love watching them interact, but they don't really have the right chemistry. And nope. there is a reason she's going to leave him for Ston. Yes, also, like, there like... is a reason she's like, I am researching human sexuality because there is something happening here that I do not fully understand. It is not working. Yeah. It, is, it is not working for her. Mm. Mm. And I think that part of it is that emotional connection that he mm. clearly has with Christine and does not have with Debring. Absolutely. But I think that, again, he overthinks that and he over course corrects on for both of them. Yes, yes. And, like, fucks it all up for both of them. Mm. <laughs> um, Spock is another person who will do research. Oh, who yeah. Who will, like... 
think about it while meditating. Mm. And yet he will come to the wrong conclusions. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love that about him. I love Spock. Saru will do but, his research, but Saru knows when to throw the research out and just go with his right. gut instinct. Spock is not there yet. He does the opposite. He does the opposite. He second guesses and he overdoes it in the wrong way. 100%. I would like to justify my low positioning of Chakotay, which several people disagreed with. I think he's very passive aggressive and that's not sexy. I think... Seska clearly has very low standards. As a Cardassian spy, she was probably taught never to have stand standards at all. And I think Chakotay can learn and is probably very good at like the mechanics of sex, but whether or not he's emotionally engaged seems to vary wildly depending on whether he's pissed yeah. off with you. So I put Chakotay as a top tier mm. on par with Jack Ransom. Mm. Top mid. Top yeah. mid. Yeah. And I think he's definitely the type of person that will ask you for what you want. Yes. That's the vibe I get from him is I am f engaged in this relationship and I want to know what you want. And I think he actually would put your wants first. Yes. And then you would never stop paying for it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's true. I, th I think you're right. And so I think that that's why he's better in bed than in a relationship. Like, yeah. because he would take all of his dissatisfaction in sex that he like created himself mm. Mm. and he would put it on you. And then he would, he would blame you for it and he would punish you for it, but he would never tell you yeah. why. Yeah. Or like he would never tell you that's what he was doing. No, that, that's it exactly. Um, and so I I think that if you have like a, again, if you have a one and done with Jakote, mm, mm. it's probably pretty good. Yeah. If you even have the kind of relationship that like the Balana thinks she wants briefly mm. at the beginning of Voyager, I think that would actually be pretty bad. Yeah. Like I have become pretty anti-Jakote. No, no. The thing is, <laughs> Jakote... He goes around going, hi, I'm a man of peace. I don't believe in violence. I'm also a terrorist. I have right? very strong beliefs, but I will switch sides at the drop of a hat. Not just the Marquis de Janeway, but like anoraks, even he has, the board. He has no unity. convictions. Yeah. He has no convictions. Yeah. And that would translate to a relationship yeah. that he would be committed to you on an extremely superficial level, and yet mm. he would think that he was committed to you as if he was married to you. Yes. I'm actually fascinated to see what Prodigy does with him, because as a show, it seems to have such self-awareness and understanding of who the characters are. And so I am actually going to take my cues from Prodigy regarding Chakotay's mm, characterization, rather than Honestly, Voyager. I expect a Picard version of Crusher version of Chakotay. Mm. Like, I think they're going to course correct. I honestly think that they're going to be like, okay, that was a thing in the 90s. Yes. But we got to move on from that. It's not going to work out if we do it now. And so they're going to have a different version of Chakotay. And I want that. I especially don't want Chakotay and Janeway to end up together if it's the Chakotay that's in Voyager. 
I completely agree. You know, they wanted to get Robert Beltran into the second episode of season two of Picard, and he's like President Seven's husband. That is so in character for Chakotay as... I would love that, because doesn't he get like shot in the face by Raffi? (laughs) He does. He does. It's amazing. I I want that so badly. No, we all do. We all did. But, (laughs) like, this petty inferior, self-conscious of it, passive-aggressive guy that her husband was, that is an amazing read of Chakotay, and it is so accurate. Exactly. Completely accurate, and that's why Robert Belgium didn't want to do it. Oh, yeah. As long as we're getting a new Chakotay in Protégé, I also wish we were getting a new actor. Let's do one more each, and then our top man, because I know he's the same. Who was your second best Star Trek man in bed? My... Second best Star Trek man in bed is Will Riker. Yes. Because Will Riker is one, up for anything. Yeah. Fully up for anything. Two, the best communicator probably in all of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Frankly, he is fully the best at having frank conversations. And part of that is because he does have the privilege of being a man in charge, a white man in charge, a straight Mm -hmm. white man in charge. He does have the, you know, love interest protagonist thing going on. And so he has the privilege of that. But it's also the way that Jonathan Frakes plays Riker makes him a better person Mm -hmm. than he is on the page. And like TNG, even more than Voyager, is very cookie cutter, Mm -hmm. very surface version of these characters. Picard and Data get some depth, but they're really the only ones. Every once in a while, everybody else has like an episode, but they're like only deep for that episode. Mm. And again, Beverly didn't get depth until season three of Picard. Deanna didn't get depth until season one of Picard. Yeah. And then she lost it in season two of Picard. Riker is this very like, I'm just Ken. Starfleet guy and yet the way that Jonathan Frakes elevates that to someone who totally is fully on board with everything and I think that's partly because he's actually a born director he's not a bad actor but once he was given the reins to directing that was his art yeah and also he's been married to the same woman for like forever Absolutely. They have a beautiful romance. He's a he's absolutely a wife guy. He loves her and talks about her. Um, and he also like talks about Marina Sirtis in these ways where it's elevating them mm. and saying, like, I'm the person you're looking at, but let me talk about this person. And that's just very like that's the utopia I want. Frakes has so much <laughs> respect for yes. everyone, but especially for the women in his life. And that comes across in the way he plays Riker. Riker doesn't just enjoy the sex, he enjoys the company of women on screen, but we can say everyone. And he seems Yeah, to, everyone. Like, He's very pansexual. Yeah, yeah. And I think that he puts the same amount of effort into flings. As he does, as he into, does into his marriage. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And that's not like a ding on his marriage. His marriage is clearly very solid. Mm. He just cares about everyone. Yeah, it's like at that level. For him, that new relationship energy never quite goes away. He's exactly. always like, I am so happy to be here with you. I want to mention Christopher Pike for a moment. 
you said that Riker has I'm just Ken energy. I know Anson Mount has like a wife and child, but as far as I'm concerned, he's a Ken doll. Like, I, I don't believe Pike yeah. has any sexuality whatsoever. So, here's the thing about Christopher Pike. Anson Mount Pike is in the mid of tier three. He is mm. in the mid of the bads. Mm. He literally has a whole song about how he's lying to his girlfriend. He's had these relationships, has relationship with Marie and frankly, Marie, deserves girl, you better. deserve better. <laughs> girl, get you a, get you a man um, and, or a woman. And then he has that horrible relationship with that horrible woman from that horrible planet from that yeah. horrible episode. Yeah. yeah. They're the definition of superficial nonsense mm. relationship. Mm. And I just can't. I can't with him. He is not as good as he thinks he is. He gets feedback, but he doesn't hear it. He doesn't listen. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. A woman can sing a whole song about what she wants to him, and he would be like, got it, and then not do it. Exactly. And finally, as his final sin, he's not up for anything. No, he's definitely not up for anything. He's actually super conservative. Yeah, like, like you, you don't have to be up for everything, but Pike strikes me as a missionary sex with the lights off and the clitoris is a strange new world he has yet to discover type of guy. 100%. 100%. And, like, the original Pike, Jeffrey, uh, I forget Hunter? his last name, Pike. Jeff Hunter. Jeffrey yes. Hunter doesn't even appear on my list because he is, like, not worth thinking about. He's uh, bad. Bruce Greenwood but Pike. Greenwood Pike Fox. And he's Greenwood Pike it. is at the top of the mids. Yeah. Greenwood Pike is up there with Admiral Vance. Oh, he's yeah. in the like, yeah. I care about mm. this. Mm. I care about making you happy. He's not naturally gifted, but he will put effort into it for you. He will do the work and he will mm. enjoy it. So yeah. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. And then that brings us to Sarek, Star Trek's greatest lover. Star Trek's greatest lover, clearly. Obviously. And we know this because he's been married twice, thrice, in fact, and despite his personality, Amanda never left him. Yeah, okay, so here's the thing about Sarek. First of all, one, one, Vulcan. Vulcan, mm -hmm. touch telepath, and touch telepath Vulcan who is interested in humans. Yeah. Which means that he is actually more in tune with his own emotional needs mm. and therefore your emotional needs mm. than most Vulcans. Mm. So he, he is at the peak of touch telepath Vulcans because he also cares about emotions. Yeah. And yeah, three women, three women who literally gave up their life for him. Okay, I think the Vulcan princess, that relationship ended, but I think we can safely assume that she had a good time while it was going on. Yeah, I mean, clearly she risked a lot mm. to have that relationship. Mm. So, that like, baby. yeah, it didn't pan out for them. They didn't buck ex expectations or whatever, but. Clearly, she risked a lot. Also, to like have sex with Sarek. Also, he is clearly human sexual, so like she's just not quite his type. 
No, because, because, okay, so here's the thing about Sarek. He really, really, really tries to be Vulcan, mm -hmm. even more than Spock tries to be Vulcan in sometimes, in and some ways. he's so bad at it. And he's absolutely terrible at it because he's super attracted to humans. Mm -hmm. All humans, yeah. not just his wives. He actually really loves the idea of humans. Yeah. And the concept of having physical intimacy that is a, a, a combination of physical and emotional intimacy. Mm. Like he's actually super into letting his evil Vulcan motions go. Yep. But the thing is that because he is fully Vulcan, like so so Spock is lower on my list than Sarek or Tuvok or, you know, he doesn't make it. And I have different levels of Spockness. But no Spocks are in tier one because they second guess themselves. Mm -hmm. Whereas Sarek has that Vulcan I'm the best at everything personality and also that human I'm like interested in this yes. personality. So yeah. he's the best at everything. He puts the work into everything <laughs> except his relationships with his children. Exactly. Exactly. Which is a and, pretty and... big failing. I mean, it's a huge failing. But we're not he... ranking Star Trek men by how good they are as parents. Exactly. We exactly. And the, and the thing is that he loves his kids. He's just completely incapable of, of showing them how. Mm. Whereas mm. with his wives, both of them mm. knew before anyone told them. That... He, like Spock mm. tells Amanda, Picard tells Perrin... Outsiders are always like, you you know, Sarek actually loves you. And they're like, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Neither Amanda nor Perrin is the type who's just going to, like, stay with someone out of loyalty or, I don't know, society's expectations. Mm -hmm. They're certainly not like, staying together for the children. No, they're staying together because they have an understanding and part of that understanding is emotional and he's like bad at expressing it, mm. but he's good at expressing it physically. Yeah. Yeah. They can tell those times. In conclusion, Sarek, just so good at sex. So, so bad. Good at sex. So bad at fatherhood. <laughs> and like most things. Honestly, oh. you know, he's the ambassador for Earth for, like, forever. But he's not very and good. he's not good at it. He's never shown to be good at it. Honestly, from the Vulcan perspective, they're like, make him the their Earth ambassador so that no one else has to deal with it. And from the Earth's perspective, they're like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. We don't really care who's in this position. And obviously, he's a terrible father. But you do he, kind of get the impression that Sarek is in the meetings, but it's Amanda or Perrin doing the behind-the-scenes work to actually... Right. 100%. To actually reach consensus. <laughs> yeah. Spock takes that on. 100%. Once Amanda dies, Spock is like, okay, now I have to be the Vulcan ambassador. And he does. The thing is that he embodies that, mm. despite not actually being the Vulcan ambassador for most of the time. And Spock gets things done. Thank you for listening to Antimatter Pod. You can find our show notes at antimatterpod.com, including links to our social media, credits for our theme music, and transcripts of our episodes when the AI is feeling AIE. It's not you can follow smart. us on Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, and Blue Sky, all at Antimatter Pod. 
and on Mastodon at antimatterpod at the 10 forward.social. If you like us, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcasts. I choose Spotify. The more reviews, the easier it is for new listeners to find us. And join us in two weeks when we will be discussing an issue of the official Star Trek magazine from the 90s. I found it in a gay bookstore. And then I found it on eBay. I should finish opening the box. But first I'm going to edit this podcast. (laughs)